It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there, but how can we determine which strategies will best align with our financial ambitions? Well, you've come to the right spot. Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with the insights and strategies for building our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Daniel Nichols, and this is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? Fortune Cribs can help. Fortune Cribs helps investors buy short-term rentals in select markets around the country for as little as 10% down with cash-on-cash returns in the 20 to 30% range. Fortune Cribs will design, furnish, and manage all the day-to-day operations, making your experience truly hands-off. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your real estate investing journey, whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your portfolio, Fortune Cribs can help. So if you want to take the next step, go to fortunecribs.com and book your free consultation to see how Fortune Cribs can best help you. Once again, that's fortunecribs.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Daniel Nichols, accompanied by our guest for the week, Sia Senior. And today we are the two smart assets. For those not yet familiar with Sia, she is a former math teacher that began investing in real estate in 2005. And then in 2015, Sia became a full-time real estate investor and is now principal at Arrowhead Capital, which acquires multifamily assets in Mid-Atlantic and Southeast. Sia, it is so great to see you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so pumped to have this conversation. You know, I think we kicked it off a little bit there before we started recording. So I am absolutely pumped to get through this, uh, get uh, into this conversation. Um, we're going to talk about some interesting stuff. Um, but before we get into the the real good stuff, right? Um, I want to hear more about you. So tell us more about your background, your story, and where you got to, to where you are today in your real estate investing career. Sure. Again, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, as you noted, I'm a former math teacher. I was teaching um, high school math, and my husband was a um, government contractor. We live in the D.C. area, um, and we purchased our first home. And uh, right afterwards, my husband was like, oh, we should be agents because that was really easy and she got good money. And so (laughs) that's how we became agents, I'll be honest, you know. So I decided to do that on the side, you know, summers and weekends. Um, We were doing that and it got good enough that, um, you know, after purchasing the home, we decided to move into our next home that we live in now. And so we kept that first home as a rental. We converted into our rental and recognized, wow, uh, this is nice. We're getting a nice cash flow from this and we're literally just providing housing. We're not doing anything else. And so we proceeded to continue to purchase more properties um, while I was still working. My husband stopped working um, two years after that and went into real estate full-time. So he was a full-time broker, also picking up properties while I kept teaching and doing that on the side, going to properties on the weekends, you know, working with um, buyers and sellers um, until we got into enough properties that I couldn't really handle you know, all of the teaching with the kids, showing the properties, managing our rentals. And then I had three little ones that showed up. And so I had to, in 2015, pick something and I couldn't really get rid of my kids. So I got rid of you know, <laughs> the, the kids in school teaching, which was, you know, I enjoyed doing it, but it was a lot to handle. And so, you know, I took the choice to go with the family. Um, and so I started to, you know, full-time manage our rentals um, and do the agent thing while, you know, being with my kids and um, from there, we decided to continue p- building our portfolio until about 2020 when we uh, realized that we wanted to you know, scale a little bit faster. We were doing well, um, but just the, the benefit of being able to pick up more than one at a time. And so we decided to get some into a more t- mentoring program to learn a bit more about multifamily to see how quickly we could do that. Um, and uh, last year, 2021, December, we picked up a 16 unit with some other partners in a joint venture in Tennessee, which was great. 
Um, and so that's where we are now. That's the short, long run of how I got to where I am today. I absolutely love it. You know, there's a lot of good stuff on there that I definitely want to dive into a little bit. So the first thing I want to say is, you know, I love that you're a math teacher. We talked a little bit about that before. I absolutely love that. You know, uh, you have, you know, advanced degrees and other things, well, economics, finance, but you know, uh, I know that I've never been a teacher uh, and I know, but I know that that, re- that role requires a ton of patience and understanding. Right. And so, uh, yes, <laughs> thank you for that. I think that is absolutely amazing. Um, but you know, I went to school for engineering, so I have this deep respect for math, math, science, STEM, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I understand the importance of that in the real world. And, you know, I'm kind of curious as from teaching your math background and all that stuff, uh, have you found those skills or, you know, maybe it's just teaching, maybe it's just a knowledge from your, from your education have translated well into your real estate investing career. Have you been able to apply those to what you're doing now? I I definitely think so. I think, you know, especially personally, we're dealing with when we were agents, um, I, we still agents right now, but we don't do it as much, um, mostly on referral, but just being able to deal with the different personalities, right. Mm -hmm. With different types of people. If in, in a classroom where I had 30, 35 students, all different levels, all different abilities, all different um, personalities, you know, being able to recognize, you know, who you can approach and what manner you can approach them in, what's best going to meet their need. Um, Same thing with our attendants, same thing with our, you know, our buyers and sellers that we deal with, really being able to deal with them on a one-to-one basis as a person, evaluate and see what they need and being able to um, give them what they need to the best of my ability. And so for me, that's how I translated a lot of what I was doing with teaching besides juggling a lot of things, right? So I'm managing the property and managing the students. I'm managing the rentals. We're doing some flips, trying to balance all of those things as well um, is something that definitely relates because if you can handle a class of 35 kids who don't want to learn calculus, (laughs) you know what I mean? Then you pretty much can handle anything, you know? So, um, that's pretty much what I would say, you know, just being able to relate to people and connect with them. You know, it's funny because I was thinking about a little bit about this conversation before we started the show. And I was thinking, you know, see, has got this background in math and economics and finance. She's going to be, you know, the the numbers person, right? Diving into the unwriting. But now that I'm thinking about it with your teaching experience, it mm-hmm. makes so much sense that you're focused on the the operations and the asset management, because really that's where your strengths lie, right? Because you've had that experience. Right. So I think being able to I don't know if you consciously recognize that or it's just kind of where you fell into, but either way, congratulations, because that's absolutely amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's the perfect fit, right? So uh, right. Uh, that, I think that's perfectly awesome. So I want to dive into one thing, something we mentioned um, kind of before the show was that, you know, or we were talking about initially was you have a lot of patience for being a teacher, right? I mean, it just comes with the ground, comes with the territory. You, you're you a patient person. You have all that kind of instilled into you or you kind of acquired that skill, right? Yeah, so, I definitely acquired it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is too, is like, I got to be honest with you, this is something that I struggle with to this day. You know, it's it's still right. patience is something that I'm still always working on. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's awesome that you've been able to acquire that skill, right? Um, but, you know, I think um, patience being the word is that, you know, investing in real estate is pretty hot topic. You know, it's been a hot topic for a while now. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of people entering the space. But for somebody like you, you've been investing uh, in real estate since 2005, right? And so now you're Absolutely. approaching, you're rapidly approaching uh, almost two decades in the space. So right. at, as you're having conversations, maybe with new investors, or maybe you're seeing new investors enter the space, what are your thoughts on, you know, building wealth through real estate, like the time horizons, right? Uh, right. Again, the shiny object syndrome thing is is real. It's a real thing out there today, right? And I think people are going to enter, they think they're going to enter real estate and it's going to, you know, be an overnight thing, you know, right. but for you, it's overnight, right? It was just 20 years ago. So, you know, <laughs> uh, so, so, so I'm just kind of curious, what are your yeah. thoughts? On, what are your thoughts on, on the time horizon for real estate and the new investors kind of uh, entering into real estate now? 
Yeah, no, I, this is a great question because I think it's the point that gets missed a lot. And I, I didn't mention before, but I, I do like a Wednesday wealth webinar with, okay. you know, former, like former clients, some of my friends um, where I talk about real estate and our journey. And I give information, you know, educational information for those who want to get started in real estate. And I've always made very clear, like, you know, this is not something that happens overnight. Real estate is not ri- get rich quick. It's get rich slowly. And it takes time. And can you make money quickly? Of course. We've done flips. We're in a DC area. We, we've done flips and made nice money, but um, it's not consistent, right? And so, you know, and it's also based on appreciation, which if you get something nice and you're able to get it at a great price, a DC area is, is flaming hot in that sense. But the minute that it drops, which it has, <laughs> as in 2008, when we yeah. were, you know, right in the middle of everything, um, you can't live off of that, you know, because once it's gone, all you really have is cash flow. And so we have always... Um, we started with the Gary Keller book, the Gary Keller um, oh. Millionaire Real Estate Investor. That oh, is yeah. like our how we start, and that's how we've you know our framework basically, and how we've approached everything. And so we have really started with, and some people definitely are into it and going quick, and that I don't begrudge them or anything like that. But for me, my goal is to have lasting wealth and lasting cash flow. And so we started slowly, one because we wanted to be educated in what we were doing. If I sure. came in here guns a blazing and made a mistake, then that would have really jeopardized all of our future, you know? And so for me, it made sense, you know, and part of it being just the analytical person I am to take our time to really delve into understanding what we're doing. We made a couple of mistakes here and there. Um, but it wasn't such that it put us, you know, too far behind. And so we were fortunate enough that we were able to survive the 2008, you know, mm. recession. Um, we didn't lose any properties. We knew lots of wow. investors that did. Um, we held on to them. Now, was it tight? Definitely. But, you know, like we we were smart enough that we didn't, you know, we we we, we met our bills. We didn't have any issues in that sense. And we didn't lose any properties. For them, you know, it was the biggest thing because, you know, the tenants were living there and we provided housing for them. And that's what we had committed to doing. And so we didn't run into an issue of them losing housing because we lost the property. Um, and so we slowly built up. And I feel like where we are now is because we took our time, made sure we understood, and we were able to stack, as they call it, stack on top of each other, right? Doing the um, compounding of the growth that we had. And so we are where we are now and it's sustainable, sure. you know, because of the way that we built the, the wealth that we have right now. Um, and I think that, you know, especially when I we transitioned to the multifamily space, there was a lot of got to go get it, you know, go get the hundred units, which I don't have a problem with. And I think everybody has the space that makes sense for them. For me, I feel like it made more sense for us to pick up a 16 or 20 or 30 that we could joint venture, keep again, adding to the financial wealth, um, partner with other people, um, see how that went and then go into the bigger units of 70, 100, and then bring our fans and family who wanted to do that, but didn't want to be active. Let them come invest with us on the side as limited partners while we all do this together. Because that's really what I'm really all about. I'm really about educating and having us all win together rather than risking it and not being aware of what I'm doing and losing it all. So I don't know if that answered your question. Absolutely. And I think you're at spot on. I think, you know, because you want to win, right? And you, you know, you want to, you want to do it safely and you want to make sure that, you know, you're, you're able to ride out the waves that are happening within, you know, the economy because it's, stuff's going to happen, right? That's just how it is. You saw it in 2008. So I want to bring up something Mm -hmm. that you kind of mentioned that I was thinking about during that, during that, um, that talk we're having. Um, Mm -hmm. So you've done a number of things in real estate, right? You're an agent, you've done single family, you've done small multi, your property management, asset management. Now you're doing large multifamily deals uh, and then, you know, getting JV and syndication and stuff like that. You know, all those things built on top of each other, right? You know, and you acquired skills throughout that. And I think that a lot of people discount how important that is, right? And how important it is to go through those things and find out what works for you and what doesn't. How important do you think that was for you, say, 
to get to you where you are today and your success, right? You've done you've done a number of things, and mm-hmm. now you're in a position to where you're experienced. You have you know almost twenty years under your belt. Um, right. What do you do? You think that all of those different roles that you've held, all those different property types, single family, you've done flips, all that mm-hmm. stuff, has helped to get you where you are today and have the expertise that you have now. I absolutely think so. I think that um, what it gave us was, you know, especially being able to be in the high and the lows of real estate. So not many people have experienced that, especially the ones that have come in recently. They haven't experienced a low. So right. they haven't felt felt that um, nervousness, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and real. anxiety, you know, and the stress. Right. Absolutely. And so I think that was a great lesson for us to have. You know, we came in when it was pretty high in 2005, you know, and then we were in that 2008 and rough time for a lot of people. I think experiencing that, doing flips where there's that pressure, you know, you're hoping mm-hmm. that you are able to purchase a property because every property we purchase, we've always purchased at a discount, which is to our benefit. And we sure. learned that in the Gary Keller book, right? And so we never really buy like market. It just doesn't make any sense for us. So that even if, you know, buying a flip and we aren't, aren't able to flip it because the house two doors down sells for $50,000 less than we thought happened to us, we are still able to make a, make a profit because we had enough cushion in there that even if the next door comp that we're trying to flip, whatever happened with them is now 40,000 lower. And that brings us off. We're still making money and we're, you know, we're good in that sense, or we could hold it and rent it, you know? So we have lots of different options. And I think me moving into this space with the multifamily, you know, we were able to look at deals, evaluate them. You know, we spent a good six months to a year working on our underwriting skills because we can underwrite, I can underwrite in my sleep, the single family piece, no big deal, but the multifamily is a little different. And so I was really particular about making sure before I invested my money or futurely invested someone else's money that, you know, we were smart about the types of deals that we were looking at and that they really made sense. And so we took about almost a year, just really understanding what underwriting was, understanding what the properties look like and how we can move the different levers to make it profitable. And then so we could go find that property and be able to be profitable with it. Like that's the whole goal. Like my goal was to never lose. So I like to be prepared as much as possible, you know, within reason, obviously um, some things I can't control, but the things that I can control, I want to. And so underwriting and being knowledgeable about that, I'm not rushing in, feeling the pressure of like, oh, let's just, you know, everyone's doing this and let's get in here now. And let's, you've been in this 20 years and you only have so many units. That's okay. Cause I have a lot of wealth too, you know, but I don't need, 500 units if I'm going to lose it the next day because I didn't purchase it correctly. So for me, it was really more about, you know, being smart about what we're doing and taking our time. What's the rush, right? Like what's, what is, what is the rush? And you're absolutely right. And that just goes back to, you know, patience we were talking about. And one thing that I think is so important with people who get into real estate investing is know the goal, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you guys know you have created this massive amount of wealth. Yeah. You didn't need 1500 units, you needed 50 units or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. right? You know, you didn't need all of that. So I think that Mm -hmm. understanding your goal and knowing where that is and how to basically get there is more important than just saying, hey, we need to go fast. We need to go fast, right? Right, right. And I think there's a lot of pressure too, because, you know, especially those that come into the syndication space where they're encouraged sometimes to like, oh, I hate my W-2. Let me leave it and go and do the real estate, which I understand. I didn't really hate my W-2. It was, you know, a lot of work, but I didn't hate it. Um, I think that, you know, it's unfortunate because if you're not really clear about how it, how you eat off a of syndication, you, you can be really left in a lot of trouble. You know what I mean? And so I think it's important that people are completely educated on the, the space. And syndication is wonderful. It provides a lot of opportunities for one, improving the housing for the tenants that you know, are living in the 150 units and stuff like that. That's great. And it provides you as a GP, a great opportunity to build your wealth and to help other people, LPs, gain wealth as well, right? And gain passive income. 
But if you're not, you know, you're as a GP, you you don't really get the benefit from the cash flow. So what else are you going to be eating off if you don't only get the 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 uh the acquisition fees or yeah. the upside at the end? You hold the property for three to five years, you know. Well, we're supposed to, yeah, like in general, right? This last market was a little bit crazy, but in general, you're holding for three to five years, which is good because it takes time to improve a property accurately and correctly. And so, you know, what are you doing in between those times? You gotta do something. Right. That's why we that's why we that's why we kept our, our portfolio, because it was we could have gone and gotten rid of the portfolio and gone all in. But then what will we have? Right. While we're doing this. So yeah, I absolutely love it. And that makes complete sense. And I think uh, if you're a listener and you're thinking about getting into real estate right now, you need to heed these words because, you know, see, is you've set yourself up into uh, in the best position possible. Right. You're going to you have a solid foundation, solid foundation. And now you can go explore the things, scale mm-hmm. if you want to and take on, you know, uh, these bigger properties. But I think that mm-hmm. having that foundation is absolutely critical to having the confidence to go doing these things. Right. So I think that's absolutely, that's absolutely awesome. So I do want to talk about you mentioned something, but I do want to talk about your role at Arrowhead Capital. Obviously, you're in operations, asset management. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've that I've seen on your website and I actually heard you mention before uh, during our conversation here is that. Uh, at your firm, you're committed to enhancing the apartment communities of your residents, right? It's very important to you, or just just the communities of your residents, whether it's single right. family, small multifamily, whatever. Uh, right. That is very important to you guys. So um, I'm kind of curious. Can you talk a little bit about what that means, what that looks like um, in terms of, you know, really, uh, you know, improving, enhancing the communities for your residents and why that's so important to you? Right. Well, so I'll talk quickly about the 16 unit that we have okay. and what we plan on doing. And then I can just, you know, expand a little bit on the, sure. the single family portfolio. So, you know, in the 16 unit that we picked, purchased joint venture in Tennessee, um, it was really important for, you know, it was a, the, the, the owner had built the property, um, it was early 2000. So it's been, it's been around for about 20 years. And so it was nicely done. He did a great job. Um, but there are things that, you know, deferred maintenance that had to be done um, and certain other issues. And the rents were really grossly low because of the fact that they, there wasn't a lot of updates to the property. So for us, it was important to go in and let them know, you know, you know, we have new owners here, but we're committed to making sure that, you know, all the things that need to be addressed are addressed so that you feel comfortable with the fact that, you know, your rents are not market, but they're going to end up being market, you know. And so sure. we communicated with them. We talked to them. We provided the exterior items that needed to be done. Um, outside of their homes for safety reasons and things like that, um, the driveway, awnings, things like that. Um, inside, when we needed to, you know, address certain issues, the lighting the, for safety, we took care of all those things. And I think it's important because, you know, tenants need to know and residents need to know that you care about them. Like this is where they live and this is their housing, right? And so, like the the one of the major needs that we have is shelter. And so, I think it's a privilege to be able to provide shelter to someone else. I honestly do because I feel like I'm blessed enough to be able to do something that someone couldn't do for themselves. And so, me being able to, uh, you know, invest in a manner that provides somebody with housing that is nice and calm and clean and safe is so important, you know? And so that is something that I take to heart because I look at every unit, regardless of the location in the city, as if like, if I had to move into this place because of something that happened, Mm -hmm. like, would I be okay there? And I remember that because they are human, like I am, I see their humanity and I make sure that that is really something that we focus on. And so that was something I'm great that, you know, grateful that the people that we joined with in the joint venture had that same kind of value. And so that, you know, when we're raising rents, we're recognizing that like, 
even though there are $400 or $500, you know, below, you know, we need to be reasonable about how they, how we mm. increase the rent. So we're still going to improve the property, even though you're not going to market right away, but you know, we can work with you to get to that market rent. So that was something that I think was important enhancing, you know, them being able to just live comfortably without the stress of knowing that, okay, tomorrow my rent goes up $500. So that is something that I think is good. And especially with communicating with them, with my, our own tenants and our own personal portfolio, you know, we are, I'm always in communication with them. Uh, we have uh, por- um, like a pro- uh, property management software that allows them to quickly let us know if there's a repair that has to be done. Mm-hmm. We respond back. So they know that we're in communication. We care when we are getting ready to do a re- lease renewal. Well, through the entire time we're talking, if there's an issue that comes up, I'm always making a phone call as well with them just to let them know. Um, you know, a recent tenant of mine, um, her dad passed away. He was actually one of the tenants. And when she called to tell me, like, I couldn't even speak to her because I was in shock because, you know, it was like family, even though he obviously wasn't family, but like, right. you know, I had spoken to him, we were friendly, you know, and so for me, it's important. They know we sent flowers to the funeral. Um, you know, we decided to let them stay and work out some way to still live there because, you know, we could afford it. We have enough rentals that we don't necessarily need to, um, you know, be unreasonable with the rent, you know, and then that's one of the benefits. Like when you purchase a property correctly, you're able to really benefit your tenants when there are struggles that are coming through. And so I think that's good because it lets them know that you care and they work hard to make sure that they are doing their best at taking care of the property, treating it like it's their own. Um, and then, you know, you know, sometimes with rough landlords and not necessarily caring about the property or, or paying rent, right? But there's an obligation because you have a personal relationship with them to want to commit and meet you on the needs that they said that they're going to have and the you know responsibilities that they say they're going to have. And so we do our best to get in there and communicate with them and see what needs need to be done and just keep that line of communication open so that there's no mistrust happening. If something happens, like we have to increase the rent and communicating, they know that we're coming from a place of like, we really need to do this as opposed to like, the greedy landlord, if that makes sense. So yeah. that's big, I think. Absolutely. And I love that you bring that up because I don't hear about this enough, right? Especially the communication with a tenant. So I absolutely love to hear that, especially with that personal touch, right? Because, you know, sometimes you're mm-hmm. you're talking about this portfolio and you don't hear about people putting that kind of personal touch on it. So I absolutely love that. The one thing I want to say for our listeners and kind of ask a question for them is say mm-hmm. somebody is, you know, in the process, they have a portfolio, uh, maybe a small portfolio, a couple, couple of single family rentals, or maybe they're scaling, maybe they have yeah. uh, some larger properties. What have you found in your communication with residents that is basically like, hey, this is we, what we found has worked and maybe something that that hasn't worked, you know, I mean, maybe like, hey, this communication strategy is not not something that we know we'll do again or something that just maybe right. some tips or tricks that maybe our listeners could take with them. Well, I think, you know, one thing that we incorporated that I thought was really good in terms of like when you're going doing the lease renewals, mm. we've put into our leases automatically what the next rent will be for the next year. And we kind of just get an idea. And so we say, OK. As of right now, let's say the rent is twelve hundred. Um, so the lease will say, okay, the rent is twelve hundred. It ends on this time. After this date, you know, if your lease expires, then the rent will be sixteen hundred, which is unreasonable. There's no way we're raising sixteen hundred, right? I'm just throwing a number out there. Sure. So, so then we say it's going to be in your best interest. We put it in the lease to communicate with us prior to that, so we can, you know, we can get you on a, get you back into a lease. Otherwise, you can always go month to month with the 1600 And so for me, that's good because one, we set up expectations, right? Like, you know that the rent's going to go up, um, and but we can, we, can, we can mitigate how much the rent goes up if you renew the lease or you let us know that you don't want to stay in the lease at all, which is fine too. So they have three options there. And so when we get back to negotiating about the new lease, we look at the market. Obviously, the market is, I mean, <laughs> the last two years, it's been crazy, right? But normally, it's not going to be that high. And so we're able to say, okay, 
know the month to month is, you know, this much, but we can actually do this much for you. And we're only going to have to raise it this much only because we already recognize that, like, especially where we are, we have a majority of our units, the taxes go up all the time and then the insurance is going up. And so how do you go to a tenant and be like, Hey, you know, your lease is up, you know, and I haven't, I haven't done anything in planning to prepare you, but now, you know, my taxes are now a hundred dollars more or $200 more. And I'm definitely need you to, I need to increase the rent, but I haven't communicated that with you. So if we let them know ahead of time and they have their lease, they already know automatically, well, everything's going up. So why wouldn't my rent go up? And then we just adjust according to what makes sense for the market. So we never do outside of the market, um, but we prepared them that way. And I think that's the one that helped us the best. Because when we didn't do that, we had a lot of pushback about the lease and, you know, oh, well, what's the rent? Why are you increasing the rent and all that craziness? And then sometimes tenants left because we weren't communicating well with them. Sure. So we do that from the beginning. They see it in the lease. And then 60 days ahead of time, I go, hey, your lease renewal, just look at your lease real quick. And, oh, you see that? It's going to be month to month for this. But, if you know, I looked at the market and it looks like we can just get you back on a new lease at this rent. Are you guys okay with that? We have had 95% renewals. Wow. Wow. I think that, you know, that is a fantastic tip. You know, if anybody's listening to this right now, use that. I mean, that is a huge tip. I think that's, and you know, like you said, you're kind of preparing them for what's going to, what's going to happen in the future. And I think that a lot of people don't consider that like, Hey, you know, your lease is up, here's the new rent and it's a right. sticker shock. Right. And shock, I think that, right. yeah, yeah. It's so I think being able to prepare them, that's huge. And it, it's, it seems like, you know, you saying it, it seems like, Oh, that's, that's pretty easy to do. Why, why didn't I think about, why didn't I even think of that? You know? So I think that that's massive. And, but it's a tip that, you know, if you didn't know, you didn't know. And so I think that right. that's massive. So I really appreciate you sharing. See, I, you know, I know you got a ton of wealth left in you of knowledge that I could really just would love to learn more from you, but we're running low on time here. So I uh, want to make sure that uh, we say thank you for, for being on the show. But before we get out of here, uh, tell us more about, you know, what you have going on and how our listeners can find you. Sure. Well, you can find me. I, I really love obviously educating. So I love connecting with people. I, I try to do a nice content on LinkedIn. So you definitely can find me there. If you're interested in looking more about passive investing, you can reach out to me at um, my arrowhead, www.arrowheadcap.com. That's our website. And there's lots of resources there for you as well. There's also the webinar I talked about that we do twice a month. So you can sign up for that uh, along with the newsletter. But yeah, really, my goal is just to really educate people as much as possible and get more people involved in real estate because of the benefits are awesome. So yeah, absolutely. The benefits are awesome. You're absolutely right. And we're going to make sure to put all this stuff in the show notes. See ya. This has been absolutely amazing. Great conversation. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.